Welcome to Truth Well Spoken, the official podcast for McCann Health and an opportunity to connect across disciplines, companies, and countries in our mutual pursuit of endless truth-seeking. I'm your host, Reed Thomas, and for episode 15, we are talking to one of our McCann Health New Jersey teams about a virtual reality experience they've recently created for one of our clients. This is a very unique project that involves taking a healthcare professional on an interactive journey where they take the role of a patient, an ER doctor, as well as a specialist as they discuss diagnosis and treatment for a very life-threatening disease. Please welcome to the podcast, Rebecca Binder from production. Hey everyone, thanks so much for having me. Jay Brinkowski from UX. Hi, thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> Danielle Trockford <laughs> from Creative. Hi, happy to be here. Joanna Forbes from Business Leadership. Hi everyone, I'm excited to be here. Christian Gorey from Creative. Hey there, thanks for having me. Fiona Jacobite from Creative. Hi everyone, nice to be here. Can't wait to chat with you all. Michal Lipinski from Science. Hi everyone, excited to be here as well. And Johnson Tangelo from Production. Very, very, very happy to be here. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, it's great to be chatting with you all on this very innovative project. Fiona, starting with you, the perspective of this project was very unique and differs from a typical VR experience in healthcare, which usually involves a 3D MOA and examining things at the molecular level. And the team didn't go this direction at all. How did this storytelling approach start? Um, well, you know, this is a very rare blood disorder. And every time it occurs, it's really an emergency situation for the patient. And that isn't always very clear to everyone involved. So the way that it started was really about putting the doctor in the patient's shoes and creating a sense of empathy. Um, where it ended up going became a lot larger than that. But we really wanted the doctor to understand everything that they were going through um, in this disease journey uh, because it is, it is so rare. Um, but what we came to find is diagnosis is a huge piece of this. So we need to do a little bit more than just empathy building. And we need to take doctors through the experience of actually diagnosing. Um, and you know, everything about diagnosing in medicine is practice, right? I mean, that's why they call it a practice. So because it's so rare, doctors aren't ever getting a chance to really see this, this disease. Um, so we wanted to actually put them in the shoes of, of diagnosing it and seeing it and understanding the patient perspective. And it gives them a chance to really live it feel it and then hopefully when it happens in their practice recognize it so that way patients can get the treatment that they need right away yeah that just the, the perspective of watching that intro video and then walking in as the patient and that was so unique i haven't seen something done like that before was it always a vr idea or did that evolve over time it wasn't always a vr idea it did evolve over time um you know, we wanted it to be very immersive and very emotional, uh, but essentially we we pitched it as a as a two D idea, um, thinking that we could do a lot of dynamic things in a in a two D flat video environment. Um, our client actually pushed us to think a little bit deeper about VR and making it feel really authentic and immersive. Um, and I will be honest, I was extremely excited when uh, he brought it up because I feel like. I've been pitching AR, VR, immersive experiences, God, for, for years on every tactical plan. Um, 
And to finally have somebody willing to jump in and partner with us to do it was a breath of fresh air, to be completely honest. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess this is also a question for more of the larger team as well. What was it like selling the client on that idea? Because there is a lot involved with AR cost first and foremost, but then also there's a, a lot of production components involved with that. How did that experience go getting the client on board with this? Oh man, he pushed. It was actually his idea. We were uh, actually kind of blown away that he wanted to do VR instead of our uh, 2D version. So in this particular instance, I don't think it was difficult at all. It was actually uh, the opposite. It was more like, oh crap, how do we have, how do we do what he's asking us to do? That's a lot bigger of an ask than what we had expected. So uh, he was really the, the driving force behind making sure this got done. So I'll give him props for that. Yeah, I would say too, it was very, um, it was a lot of upfront work so that we could help not just the clients, but also MLR teams to kind of see what it was we were imagining <laughs> um, to make sure that they were also aligned with it. So I think it was a lot more kind of planning of like, okay, well, how are all the interactions gonna work and what's the story really gonna be kind of before we really got it off the ground. Um, so it was a lot of work, but it was made very easy <laughs> because he was so into the idea. Yeah, and then from a production perspective, um, we used all of that background and all of those gut thinking to really be able to um, speak with different vendors that could work on this project and get their insights and their recommendations to help us, you know, bring this to the next level and bring this reality to life. And then put all those logistics together for a final presentation to the client to be able to have him finally sign off and buy in. And then Becca, kind of snowballing off of that, what was production like for this? Because the video itself was extremely high quality. It felt like you were actually in a hospital experiencing this as a patient and producing that during a pandemic. What were those challenges like? Yeah, so there were definitely quite a few challenges um, knowing that, you know, we had been shooting remotely for a while and this is one of our first shoots that we were able to actually attend in person um, since the pandemic started. And I think there were, you know, a variety of challenges, one of them being um, from a location perspective, this whole thing is supposed to be taking place in a hospital. Um, but from COVID, we didn't really want to be able to, we didn't really want to put ourselves in a real hospital due to, you know, contracting any of the virus. So we actually shot at a, um, a teaching hospital um, that didn't have actual live patients, um, but it was just used for teaching purposes. So that made um, both the clients and ourselves and the production company feel a lot safer um, in regards to COVID. And then making sure this is super dynamic. I mean, we used um, a 360 camera to be able to capture everything that was going on in the room around us. I mean, that goal was to make it feel like the person who's viewing this in, in first person experience to make sure they were really, you know, feeling every single emotion that this this patient would feel. You know, they're feeling their heartbeat, they're feeling, you know, dizzy or their eyes are, you know, um, blinking or um they're hearing a lot of noise but they're not being understood you know the, all those symptoms um we want to make sure that they were feeling those jane danielle from a tech standpoint how is this vr execution unique compared to some of the other vr experiences out there i know rebecca kind of touched on the 360 video are you able to talk a little bit more about that yeah um that actually was a little more complicated than we would have thought um being that video is something that's linear and most uh, VR experiences are 
um, like interactive in a way where you're the one controlling what's going on, like a video game or something of that nature. But this is more of you're an observer. You're essentially in a 3D movie with some interactive points that we kind of sprinkle inside of the movie so that um, you can kind of figure out as a doctor, what do I want to um, order as tests or something of that nature? Uh, so it's a little bit of a hybrid of, of, of movie uh, experience and VR and interactivity. Um, that made it a compli very complicated to try to think of, like, when is it a video? When is it time to interrupt the video without making us feel like we're completely out of uh, character and out of place? Um, and we had to think through all these things in, in all of our departments, uh, copy and, and UX, uh, art all together, um, and production all together, making sure we were able to uh, get that kind of like understanding of what's happening during the, the experience uh, that a user will have on their timeline of going through this thing, where those points are when they feel like something's really, you know, gripping them and when they feel like, okay, now it's time to step back and take a little time and soak things in. So. And read from a, uh, from a talent perspective, this 360 camera, there's, there's no ability to use a teleprompter because that camera sees everything. So if you could just imagine these actors and actresses trying to learn all of this wonderful scientific jargon, um, and memorize that and deliver it uh, and deliver it not only correctly, but emotionally. Um, it was quite an undertaking and, and quite a hats off to, to our cast. So then, John, from your standpoint, what were some of the things that you had to do differently to prepare for this shoot? I know with the 360, as you had mentioned, that it captures pretty much everything in the room. What were some of those challenges like from your perspective? my perspective was was getting a vr headset on my head first you know what i mean like uh here i am uh, helping out producing a vr experience and i had never seen vr uh so one of the first things i did was uh was literally go out and and we we had ordered four headsets um and we got the headsets on our ourselves just to kind of see you know how things run and and how you view things um the ui kit and, and trying to get things to interact properly and, and to have things like CT scans and, and blood smears and clinical data reports that you can actually interact with and choose different paths. Um, it was quite challenging to make sure that we were ending up at the right path and that all of this interactivity was, was working. And that's why I think we put a lot of trust in the creative vendor that we chose, you know, because they specialize in VR experiences. And there's a lot we had to learn along the way that we didn't know, having never worked on a VR experience. For example, um, a lot of the vendors that we spoke with were going to shoot in 280 degrees, but the vendor that we ended up going with said, no, you want to have the full experience of 360 degrees, because as soon as you turn your head and you see a, a black uh, screen to the left, you're taking that person out of the experience. So, you know, there's a lot of things we learned along the way, and we put a lot of trust in the vendor that we chose for this experience. And then Christian, with the vendor that you ended up selecting, did they offer different AR platforms that you could ultimately deliver the product in? Because I'm sure there's, you know, you have Oculus and there's different routes that you can take with that. Yeah, maybe Jay might want to speak to that because there were options for it. 
Yeah, we, we did. Um, we did a, a bit of uh, research beforehand before we chose which to go with, um, with some of uh, our vendors' uh, suggestions as well. Um, Veronica, our, at the time, was our UX intern, and now she's uh, full-time uh, on our UX team. She did a lot of research on them. We came to conclusions like Oculus is probably the top of the line that you can go with, um, but then there was a couple of other options uh, all the way down to Google Cardboard, which was actually uh, losing support from Google. They were not going to do any more updates or um, you know, support their product anymore. And we wound up actually somewhere in the middle with a product called Pico, which feels a lot like an Oculus as far as the way it sits on your head and, and what you see inside of it. But it was a little less expensive um, to uh, have something go be built for it that we can also buy a lot of these headsets for the reps because uh, eventually what's going to wind up happening is the reps are going to take these headsets with the uh, experience that we have loaded onto it and bring that out to the field and to show doctors, even on regular rep calls, um, not just at uh, conventions and things, although it's probably best at conventions. Yeah, that, that's really interesting because I know a lot of the ways that Google Cardboard is a very cost-effective entry point to the world of VR. I mean, there's not a lot of upfront cost in terms of having to purchase all this equipment. So going the middle route is nice that you have an actual premium option where the rep is able to learn on a device like that. Down the road, do you see any possibility that this project could be maybe repurposed for something on that lower end? Maybe not necessarily a Google Cardboard if that's not being supported anymore, but maybe like a direct mail application where someone could, a rep or a doctor could use this on their phone? I think we're exploring ways of building the surround sound and really bringing this to life once it officially launches with the rep. So we certainly are exploring those options. And Reed, this is also going to sit on a, a, a website as a 2D experience as well. So, you know, the good old QR code on a direct mail piece sending you to a 2D web experience um, will definitely help drive it. And then hopefully, once they see that 2D experience, um, it will make the doctors want to search out more to get that full VR 360 immersive experience. And to note also our, our plan on the 2D quote unquote experience uh, on the web, it's actually going to be a 3D video in a 3D video spot so a user can use their mouse and kind of pan around as though they were viewing it sort of like it was in a VR headset but also hopefully we'll be able to have a version on there that's also can be used with just kind of like out of the box VR headsets maybe a phone with a cardboard on it or something of that nature um, we're going to definitely be exploring ways of making that happen as well. Yeah, that's great. You're getting such a life cycle out of this, especially with all the work that you had to put into producing it. And it came out as such a high quality piece. Christian, why do you think VR was so important to the client as well as the HCP audience? Yeah, we want the most realistic experience for these doctors so they can um, diagnose this rare disease and treat it. Yeah, and then going through the actual experience itself, it was, I think the the simulation did a great job of really putting you in the shoes of the of the doctor and the specialist helping to diagnose the the issue. What I thought was even more interesting was the offering of the patient's perspective. Miha and Fiona, any more information you can provide on why that patient point of view was important? I think the patient perspective 
it needs to be taken into account. Um, a lot of times physicians, you know, it's their, their job. They're in the day-to-day. They're in and out. They're focused on the patient in front of them or the problem in front of them, but they're not necessarily thinking about it from the other point of view or how best to communicate with that patient or how scared they might be or what they might be experiencing. And in rare disease, especially something that's rare and deadly, I mean, these patients are they're frightened. They're really scared. The people around them are scared. Uh, they don't know what's going on. And, you know, we needed to kind of let them think and feel about that. Uh, and also the doctors don't really know what's going on. It's so rare. They they see it. They, they don't know what it is. So they kind of need to have that that perspective to remind them to be empathetic in this time and how best to approach each patient. Um, but one of the other things that was kind of unique and individual to this is the demographic. Um, so this disease tends to impact more African-American women than any other, you know, race or gender. And unfortunately, they can be uh, dismissed in healthcare situations. They can be told that they're being dramatic or, you know, that they should need to go home and just rest. It's just the flu. And they might not be taken seriously. And it can lead to, to patients dying. So we kind of needed to put them in the patient's shoes to think about everything that they experience um, and to take all of their patients seriously. So while it is a a tool for diagnosis, it's also a tool to remind everybody that healthcare and like a quality of care and equity of care and thinking about these patients is important. And that's why the patient perspective to me was very meaningful. Hopefully it comes through for the doctors as well, but even if it just is an education tool, and gets them to think about diagnosis differently. We've done our job. We've we've helped hopefully save a life. Um, but that's, you know, if we could get that patient piece, that's an even bigger bonus. And and yeah. that's the one perspective that I think that I really got sucked into the AR experience about was being the patient and then just almost being ignored by the the healthcare professionals and be like, no, wait, listen to me. Like <laughs> this is really how I'm feeling and. The actors did a great job of really immersing the person in the AR experience and feeling like you're, you're part of this situation. Yeah, I just wanted to add on a little bit, you know, along the lines of like the demographics and everything. Like these are patients who you've seen cases that are, you know, affects, you know, African-American women, but also in like the age range is about, you know, 30 to 50 years of age. But we really focus towards the lower end of the spectrum here at 30 years. So, you know, you don't really typically see a lot of like, you know, 30 year olds, or, you know, going to the hospital, right? And especially for a rare disease, right? So uh, we definitely wanted to highlight that as well, not only the African American component, but also like, hey, a 30 year old, like what's going on with me? They're like, stressed out, like, you know, I should be fine. Like I'm healthy looking and everything, what, what's going on? So I think we also wanted to bring that perspective across as well. And I think you did a great job of doing that. And one thing that you always have to have an advocate with you. I saw it in the AR experience. The the lady had her mom with her in, in the hospital room. So you always need to have someone to help stand up for you as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And Reed, I think we got one of the, the greatest compliments. So we were all reviewing in the office one day with our VR headsets. We kind of seen it for the first time. Um, and Megan Gerald, who's one of our office services people, kind of walked on over and, and asked if she could take a look at it. So she's in this experience and and she's literally like a minute into this experience and she pulls it off her head and she looks at me very seriously and she says, please tell me she doesn't die. And I go, no, <laughs> it's okay. Let's finish this experience. 
Um, and her comments afterwards were, were, were great. She said, you know, there's so many times I myself have felt dismissed by a doctor. And she's like, you really, really captured the frustration uh, and the fear and the unknowing. Um, and she just said it was truly one of the best things she had seen us done. And, uh, and we took that as a very high compliment um, because she had no background whatsoever as to what the experience was about. Absolutely. I think that's probably the, the greatest compliment that you can get from it. I, I felt a similar w way watching the video myself. Um, Joanna, how will this VR project ultimately be revealed? Well, we're going to unveil it at their national POA, which is coming up at the end of this month. So um, the field will have an opportunity to not only see the presentation and a little sizzle video that'll get them excited, but we have a few of us going down there live as well to have the headsets where they can experience it firsthand. And John will be there as, as well as myself to really guide them through it and, and explain how it works and get them to feel it firsthand before they actually get to use it with the doctors in um, April. So it'll be exciting. Yeah, fantastic. That was one of the follow-up questions I was going to ask you is what kind of training do the reps need on, the, on this experience? Because it is a pretty lengthy experience from start to finish. It's lengthy and it's also just getting it set up and, and having them have the ability to download it. So we um, developed a instructional little booklet for them, which they'll get. And then we'll have some training that'll happen in April where we'll really walk them through it uh, and make sure that they're comfortable with the experience. Well, great. Hopefully this leads to some. I'm sorry, Fiona, I didn't mean the. Uh, yeah, I was just going to add in it's it's lengthy. Um, and yes, the reps are going to need training but i think what's kind of interesting and cool is the way that we filmed it in 360 and took on this process and journey of the different perspectives i have a feeling people are going to want to do it a couple of times i have a feeling a doctor is not going to just do this once and be done you can turn around and see so many different things you can get different perspectives different people you're focusing on the mother at one point and then the next moment you could be focusing on the nurse and you could take different things away every single time you watch um that i think could lead to a, a lot of interaction and engagement but there's also the ways that we ask questions and the way we took the narrative throughout gives the reps a chance to learn a lot about their doctor and how they approach this disease. And I think gives them a lot of pivot points or jumping off points for different conversations based on the things that they choose. Absolutely. They can kind of figure out where they are on the spectrum. Do they need more information about the disease to even understand it? Do they need to learn more about how the like mechanism of action works or a certain efficacy point that could help them? Um, I think that there's a lot of ways that they could use this to better the brand and better education around the whole disease state. So it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing. We might end up having to do a little bit more training with them as they see certain data points or see interactions coming from the doctors. But I'm hopeful that, I mean, if I was a doctor and I guess I'm biased, I would want to be sitting in that thing and playing with it a couple times over <laughs> because there's so much to do. Yeah. And hopefully, so yeah, hopefully the reps really are engaged and understand how it works so that they can be excited when they're sharing this with the doctor as well to get them motivated and engaged to really participate. And Reed, this also has, uh, we also built a data tracking system. So I believe there's something like 48 to 50 different interactive points throughout this entire experience that doctors can click different paths. 
So once all that data is relayed back to our client, they're going to be able to see, you know, where things are diverging, where they might need to focus their training on or their education or to get their message across a little bit clearer based on what they're seeing the doctors choose. Absolutely. And Fiona, to your point, there's a lot of nuance and small details packed into the into this video that it may require a few times going through to really kind of digest all of those uh, fine points. When you're designing an AR experience like this, what was that like from a scripting standpoint? Just walk me through it start to finish. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a it was a very detailed and dynamic process. <laughs> and I won't even say that the scripting had like one point of being like done and complete and passing off, right? I, I know Danielle mentioned earlier, we had to do a lot of pre-work to get this kind of through MLR. And I feel like in the outline phase, we had most of the story down on paper before we even had gotten agreement to, to go into production or even really talk to vendors. We had to really think about what the story would be. Um, and make sure that like med legal and everybody was comfortable with it. So the process in the upfront where you would call like maybe an outline phase was, was, was an intensive process. We had a lot of the details ironed out. Um, when we started to work with the vendors, they felt pretty strongly about taking on the outline and like scripting it themselves. So we became almost like, here's the rough draft of a first script. And then we became the consultants in some ways. Uh, they had a director who who took it on and then kind of reshaped it. And they had little pieces of vision that they brought to it of different scenes actually overlapping. So when you see the doctors talking in the hallway at one point, you realize that the the moment of crisis at the beginning is now happening at the other end of the hall that kind of came from from them and was born out of like them taking the outline of what we wanted to do and reshaping it a little bit in this like different scripted way and i think it really brought a lot to it so we kind of ended up kind of doing iterations of the script writing process throughout um and partnering with with the vendor was really key in some of getting some of those nuances in there um but it, it was a it was a long process to get to a final approved script. Um, and it felt like it was and we, we were working on the story from from the very outset with the outline um, right up to right up to production. So it was it was interesting to kind of have been the person who who wrote and like put a lot, a lot of love into the script to hand it off to someone else to, to take it to the finish line and become the consultant in some ways was very, very uh hard a, a little bit, but they, they brought so much more to it. Um, that was really great. So it became a it became a very collaborative process to get us to production. Um, but it was a lot of fun too. I mean, yeah. we got to have like real work with like a, a director and these actors and actresses who brought it to life in ways that I didn't, I didn't even think were possible. So it was a, a very rewarding experience. Yeah, that was your baby that you were handing off for <laughs> Someone who's looking to maybe bring this ex AR experience to their brand and maybe pitch it to their client. How long from start to finish from when this idea came to be to when it was actually produced did that take? Well, <laughs> from when it was, or from the beginning, beginning. <laughs> That's a trick question. <laughs> it's a trick question because we actually ended up changing clients halfway through um so when we first pitched the idea 
it was uh, it was for a tactical plan many years ago. I wanted to bring something to life about patient perspective for a long time. Um, I've been riding that, that train for forever. Uh, and, you know, it finally got out of scope and it took a while for us to kick it off again internally. Uh, it took a it took another round of clients and we got a new client and he was the one who really wanted to push VR. But I mean, I think overall, once we really started going team, it's been like what, almost like nine months. Is it? Yeah. I think official. Yeah. Yeah. I think it started like VR officially in like April ish or May. Mm -hmm. And then we finally got it. I think we finally got the go ahead in July just before I went on maternity leave. <laughs> so, we shot in November. That's the fun part. <laughs> but, right. And we shot in November. And then I think we finally so, saw our first version in VR in February. Wow. That is. That is certainly the, <laughs> the production timeline for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to discourage people from doing it. I mean, it's it's a commitment. It's a big project. Um, it is a lot. It's dynamic, but the output can be literally amazing. I mean, my jaw dropped the first time I put that headset on and we saw it really come to life. So I think it's going to be very meaningful for the brand and for training and, and the doctors and just having them have this experience, I really do think it will make an impact. Because um, you get what you put in, right? It's like you yeah. have to put in the the time to get something this this awesome. <laughs> Not to like toot our own horns, but it was it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's probably the most fulfilling of projects that I've ever worked on. I don't know about anybody else, but like you said, Fee, it's like so much work and so much blood, sweat, and years poured into it and it feels like a very long road but once you actually see it it's it's all worth it <laughs> yeah and i give a lot of credit to our client to actually go ahead with this because a lot of clients would look at this and be like oh my gosh this is going to cost so much money it's going to take so much time before it's out in the field and it's going to be difficult to get through the legal um, team because it, it is so detail oriented this um, disease state so a lot of credit to our client for for following through. Well, yeah, it's it's often so rare that you actually have the time that you want and the time that you need to produce a, a product like this to to its fullest. So that's great that you had the, the client buy in. I have pretty one final question for for the team as a whole. Metaverse right now is a huge buzz buzzword within the industry. How important is it that we now can say that as an agency, we have a VR experience that we can offer uh, with the metaverse becoming more popular? Well, as long as we don't call it the metaverse and, uh, <laughs> and, and give that guy any more credit than he is not due. Um, I think it's, it's, it's pretty amazing that we can say that we created this VR experience. I mean, you know, for me personally, this is something that um, I show my family, uh, I show my friends, like this is something that, you know, it, it's not just another video that we did and not that things are just another video, but it's definitely something that people have not seen or experienced before. And to see that, especially in the medical world, is is something I have yet to see before. So a lot of pride in it. Absolutely. Any, anyone else have any other comments on that? Because I, I think that as an agency, being able to offer that experience just kind of puts us into another class. 
Yeah, it expands our offering of what we can offer our clients and out of the box thinking. So um, I think it's critical that we show this to other clients and, and help them move forward and expand their thinking as well. Yeah, to add on to that, I also think that using the the mixed media of like video and the UI of like the user experience and things, I think it takes VR into like a very realistic place when I a lot of the VR we see is very much in that science realm. So I think you can start to feel extremely immersed and offer these kind of like sophisticated and very emotional builds or experiences in VR that maybe aren't always thought of. So it's a very different and kind of innovative way to approach VR as well. Um, that puts it that puts it in a different place that I, I hope that we can do more and definitely share it out with all of our clients to see how we can answer their business challenges too. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully it's the start of uh, many more patient journeys and projects we have coming up. I, and I just want to say thank you again, everyone. We really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and discuss this project with us. And um, great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all we have today. You can subscribe to Truth Well Spoken on your podcast network of choice and let us know what you'd like to hear from on a future episode by emailing podcast at mccannhealth.com. Our podcast producers are Jennifer Rivera, Abby Daly, Cassidy Cardone, and Andy Fontana. Until next time, I'm Reed Thomas, and this has been Truth Well Spoken.